0: Steel sword Dark Sister is symbolic of how deep the Song of Ice and Fire fandom runs. Here we have a blade that most have heard of, and that many have thought about quite a lot,
1: particularly whether or not it will appear in the final parts of the series, or the fact that its name tends to make people think of Arya. But, in fact, it is never even mentioned in the first five books.
0: That's how much the backstory and history of Westeros has merged with the main storyline. It all just feels like it's one continuum. It's great stuff.
1: So, hello and welcome to another episode of History of Westeros, a podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series, as well as HBO's Game of Thrones. Today's episode is a Patreon voters episode. That's
0: right. Thanks, Patreon voters, for picking this topic. It's a great topic. It's lots of fun. Thanks to voters such as Joshua Cutter, known as Joshua the Raw, first sword of History of Westeros. It was a close vote. We'll talk about that more at the end of the episode, what was almost picked and all that. But tight race, let's just put mm. it that way.
1: So remember <laughs> that we've been taking more and more questions from all of you and incorporating them in the episode or answering them at the end. Today the questions are addressed throughout the episode. So if you have questions regarding upcoming episodes, just send them on in to us.
0: Yeah, you might even get your name mentioned on the show if your question is particularly cutting uh, or are you original or unique, etc.
1: And so back on topic though, Dark sister. Never mentioned in the main books.
0: Yeah, surprising, isn't it? It really just feels like it's part of the whole story, but it's just, uh, you know, it's a bit on the fringes, but maybe it won't stay that way. Meta-history-wise, Dark Sister comes up quite a lot in the novellas, back when there was someone actually wielding her, (laughs) but we'll get to him at the end.
1: Yeah, the first appearance appears to be in the Soren Sword, and shortly after that, Martin corresponded with the great artist Amok mm-hmm. regarding a few details on how Dark Sister looked. This was in a description of Queen Visenya. His rendition of Dark Sister also appears in the World of Ice and Fire, and the sword is mentioned several times there as well. Now, you can see Amok's art on his website, and we're gonna post some links on ours. I'm sure all of you have seen his work, especially if you've read The World of Ice and Fire.
0: Yeah, he's one of the longest running a Song of Ice and Fire artists. He's had a lot of work done a lot of work directly with George. So you've definitely seen his stuff before, but it's worth seeing again because it's really awesome. Now, here's something newer. You should be seeing on your screen if you have the free ACAST podcast player, or if you're watching on YouTube, this is artist Ed Shears' rendition of the sword. Ed can be found at The Art of Geekishness on Facebook and Instagram. That's The Art of Geekishness. This is the way it sounds. You can also find this image on our website if you aren't seeing it through any of those methods I mentioned before. I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to see it. At the top of the image, you can see there, Zobrior Haidar, or Haidar. I'm not sure how to say that. Anyway, its meaning is Dark Sister. That's the High Valyrian translation. That's pretty cool, right? Now, to be, sh- to be fair, the translation and the High Valyrian language are a product of HBO's Game of Thrones only, but George doesn't have his own version of it. He hasn't worked up any of that. There's just a couple of Valyrian words out there, like Dracarys, <laughs> for example. But I'm guessing George R. R. Martin's going to keep that because the-, the language is great. It's really well done. It was made by an expert, and... He has, like I said, it's not treading new ground. So we're going to assume it's basically canon. And we may even see some of the terms that have been created pop up in the later books. We'll see. Let's talk about the origin of Dark Sister.
1: Now, there are two general possibilities that we see for Dark Sister's origin. When Aenar the Exile brought House Targaryen to Dragonstone just before the Doom of Valyria, did his family already possess the blade? Hmm. If so... We really have no way to tell how old the sword is. It could be thousands of years old, really.
0: Yeah. If not, though, then it was made on Dragonstone. This does seem unlikely, but it has to be considered. If the Targaryens could make Valyrian steel blades, they'd probably have made more than two, right? Just Stark Sister and Blackfire? Why stop there? <laughs> so we're going to guess that they brought it with them from Valyria and had no way to make more.
1: Again, though, they only have, or had, these two Valyrian steel blades, which we think tells you a few things about how rare these swords are, even for a powerful house that's actually from Valyria.
0: Yeah, even more so when you add on that it seems dragonfire is necessary to make the Valyrian steel, and the Targaryens were one of only 40 or so families that had dragons. Plus, Aenar the Exile was probably rich as hell. (laughs) He sold his holdings in Valyria before moving to Dragonstone, and... I can't imagine more expensive real estate. (laughs) It's a capital of this massive empire Mm -hmm. where they have all the government in this one place. Mm -hmm. These guys probably had a nice house. (laughs) So he probably had plenty of money. Still, no no Valyrian steel. So that just goes to show. But perhaps the usage, how they use the swords, that is, not how they use the money, (laughs) can Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about their meaning. As it pertains to the Targaryens, like what it means to them.
1: Yeah, given how much sway Visenya had over Aegon, for instance, and the significant evidence that women were on a more equal footing in the Valyrian Freehold as compared to Westeros, which isn't hard, as we all know, uh, it's possible that Dark Sister and Blackfire themselves are meant to be a pair. Yeah, that pair would be meant for the ruling brother-sister dragonlord couple. This would also help explain why the Targaryens only have the two swords. It works perfectly since they marry brother to sister, and according to George R. R. Martin himself,
0: The Valyrian longsword dark sister, whose slender blade is designed for a woman's hand.
1: And Blackfire is larger, meant for a man. One of each, one for each.
0: If this is true. However, the tradition is long gone. After Visenya, the sword seems to be exclusively used by men.
1: Damn these Westeros.
0: Yeah, I figure there's, there's a couple of candidates that would have been I good. Think,
1: like you think, like Dan the Defiant or something or, like that, or Bela,
0: maybe. Yeah, I was you thinking. think there's
1: some that maybe like, I guess they had other weapons, bows. But they and stuff just didn't. Like yeah, they
0: just these these girls weren't given a chance to train mm-hmm. for the most part, like Lyanna. Yeah, or, or that's whatever. part
1: and parcel with Aegon, you know, joining the Faith of the Seven.
0: Yeah, that's true. That was one of the. Uh, Extensions of that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of, Aegon adapted House Targaryen to fit in with Westerosi ethics and customs, switching to the Faith of the Seven. Exactly. One of the most ex- obvious examples, but there are plenty of others. Blackfyre was clearly wielded by the king. That's well known. We learned that from the Daemon Blackfire saga and from other places. But it seems the pattern with Dark Sister is different.
1: Yeah, as you'll see during this episode, it will be given to a variety of Targaryens. They're all young, they're all outside the main line of succession, and they're all warriors. Well, warrior princes and a queen.
0: Mm, I see what you did there. (laughs) Now, perhaps this isn't actually much different than how Dark Sister was, say, earned in the past. Instead of it being a symbol of rule like Blackfire, it may have been given to great warriors of House Targaryen, a bit like Dawn, perhaps. Maybe without the requirement of being honorable, but maybe maybe with something like that. It's possible. The tradition could have changed. Like we said, we have no idea what it used to be. Now, if so, that would say a lot about the first known wielder, that first queen of Westeros, Visenya. Dark sister and the dark sister. Visenya was certainly the more dangerous of the two sisters of Aegon the Conqueror. She was active in politics and was generally a hardliner. Her son was the infamous Magor the Cruel, and she may have poisoned her own nephew, Anus. I don't think she did, uh but it's part of her reputation, no matter what you believe.
1: Yeah, she was dangerous in a fight, that's for sure. She trained beside her brother from an early age. We'd guess that she had Dark Sister given to her at an early age as well, which is a pattern that you'll see throughout this episode. Another pattern that you'll see throughout this episode is us saying the words early age. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but the sword was often gifted to young and talented fighters.
0: Yeah, this became particularly relevant as the war with Dorne shortly after the conquest got nasty. And assassination attempts happened on both sides.
1: Even in the heart of King's Landing, no one was safe. Lord Fell was smothered in a brothel, and King Aegon himself was attacked on 3 separate occasions. When Queen Visenya and an escort were set upon, 2 of her guards died before she cut down the last villain herself with Dark Sister.
0: Being the eldest and a warrior and developing political control and connections gave Visenya great influence. She may have had less personal influence with Aegon than their sister Rhaenys, since it was Rhaenys, is bad that Aegon preferred greatly.
1: But if that's true, it should not be exaggerated, as Visenya clearly had a lot of sway over Aegon as well.
0: On one occasion in 10 AC, Aegon and Visenya were both attacked in the streets of King's Landing, and if not for Visenya and Dark Sister, the king might not have survived. Despite this, the king still believed that his guards were sufficient to his defense. Visenya convinced him otherwise. It is recorded that when Aegon pointed out his guardsmen, Visenya drew Dark Sister and cut his cheek before his guards could react.
1: Your guards are slow and lazy.
0: Visenya is reported to have said, and the king was forced to agree.
1: That example is perfect. It shows us how far she is willing to go, willing and able, really, to go Mm. with her brother, the king, while simultaneously giving us a really good glimpse at what a badass fighter Visenya is, while also showing us just how serious she was. The queen was willing to cut Aegon's face with Dark Sister to prove a point about how badly he needed bodyguards.
0: Wow. I mean, a lot, probably most kings, would never have tolerated that, even from the queen or their sister. But again, this is brother-sister marriages not just her sister so this is a different kind of animal it also takes confidence though and more importantly skill to cut someone's face aiming for just a minor cut i mean you just a slight mistake there and you take out an eye or you know you've Mm -hmm. got a nasty facial scar she could have just poked him in the chest or Mm -hmm. just pointed it right at his face look see how close i am you know Mm -hmm. she didn't have to actually cut him Mm -hmm. (laughs) amazing Yeah. but she did
1: (laughs) yeah but wait there is more Kingsguard was formed from this incident, so Dark Sister, which is a sword that's almost as black as its name, had a role in the founding of the White Swords. Nice. The Blade may not have seen much action after peace with Dorne was established, as Aegon's reign was largely peaceful after that, but with Visenya, really, who knows? Maybe she liked dealing out justice herself from time to time.
0: She was, however, getting older. So, in 25 AC, where, when she would have been about 52 or 53 years old, she gave the sword to her son, Magor. It's possible this was in response to seeing Aenys train with Blackfire, though Aenys didn't exactly show much promise as a warrior.
1: Yeah, recall what we said about Visenya herself probably receiving the blade at a really early age. Magor himself was a great warrior who showed promise extremely early, and he was not likely to inherit the throne. I mean, he had an older brother and all.
0: Yeah, Visenya was not likely to inherit, also given Aegon's presence. So, it seemed like she would fall further and farther behind the line. And these two factors, extreme skill and being outside the main royal line, will appear paired together for all the wielders we see today. It's a common theme. Now, if you're Dark Sister, meaning if Dark Sister was a person that had a mm-hmm. personality or uh, some sort of consciousness, <laughs> it's a fun concept to play with, Megor mm-hmm. seems like a great owner to have, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But Aegon the Conqueror had Westeros on lockdown, meaning that there weren't a lot of people rebelling. Plenty after Aegon's death, but before then, not a lot of chances for Dark Sister to kill anyone.
1: Yeah, furthermore, Megor was a pretty big guy, so the sword may have been a little bit too small for him. Whether that mattered or not is moot, though, because upon their father's death in 37 AC, 12 years later, Aenys gifted Fire to Megor. Now, Dark Sister would be pissed. <laughs> yes, I just right. want to say as well that I like to picture Megor wielding Dark Sister... Looking comical, like with a tiny, tiny sword. <laughs> it's like swinging a Just butter like, knife. Yeah, it's like a butter knife. Yeah, exactly. Just my own personal image.
0: Now now who's the cruel? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're making fun of Megor. <sighs> so,
0: since all kinds of rebellions broke out right after Aegon's death, and Megor did all kinds of killing with Blackfire, it's like Dark Sister's point of view is like, hey, I sat around with you for 12 years, and as soon as things get interesting, you set me aside and kill people with a different sword. <laughs> that's... That's just not cool, man. So it, so it appears that probably Visenya reclaimed the sword after that until she died seven years later. But her days of killing people with swords were behind her by this time, so it was probably a kind of a dull era for Dark Sister.
1: In the confusion after her death, Anice's widow, Queen Alyssa, slipped away from Dragonstone with her children, as well as with Dark Sister, Visenya's Valyrian steel sword.
0: This year was 44 AC and Visenya had helped Maegor usurp the throne from Aenys' heir. The Old King After Queen Alyssa stole Dark Sister from the Red Keep, she also took her children, save Prince Viserys, who was King Maegor's squire. Alyssa may have hoped that his position as squire would protect him, but it did not, and Prince Viserys was tortured to death.
1: Though this was incredibly brutal, obviously, and probably quite offensive to Westeros at large, given the kinslaying taboos, there was a little bit of method to this madness. If you want to defend Maegor, which maybe we don't, uh, (laughs) you'd point out that Alyssa's flight was evidence of treason, and a possible prelude to her branch of the family taking back the throne from Maegor. By killing him, he removed one of the only two other Targaryen males alive.
0: Okay, wait, and wait. Wouldn't it have been more valuable to keep Viserys alive as a hostage, so that they couldn't crown the younger Targaryen prince?
1: Definitely, but this is Magor the Cruel, not Magor the cunning. (laughs) And possibly he really wasn't that worried about his crown being usurped after all. There's really no evidence that he made any serious attempts to kill Prince
0: Juharris. Right. Yeah, he may have just been angry. <laughs> or just wanted revenge for it. <laughs> just
1: felt like killing him.
0: Yeah, that's just Magor being being Magor. Magor is <laughs> gonna Magor.
1: So Prince... Yeah. <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> so Prince
0: Magor. Oh boy. So Prince Juharris was the only male Targaryen around besides King Magor. The prince's mother stole a Dark Sister, so it was basically his by default at this point. He was said to be a reasonable enough warrior, not elite, but reasonable enough. Uh, Not very test either, Mm -hmm. as we know, his reign was probably the best time to live in Westeros, very peaceful, and he, the times when there was fighting, he wasn't really involved. But still, he was probably going to be holding Dark Sister, probably carrying her at his side, especially when he was was only ten when this happens, he's not likely to be fighting with it. But carrying it around to make himself look like the proper Targaryen prince, perhaps as an alternative to Maegor, adds some authority. And when the realm finally had all it could take of Megor the Cruel, Prince Jahari surely had the sword right there, proving who he was, making him look all cool and stuff. And it wasn't a, really a civil war when this happened, because once an alternative to Megor presented itself, pretty much everyone just abandoned Megor. They're like, "Yay, another and someone else, anyone but Megor!" And Megor was just found dead. So it really wasn't much of a war, given his age and how important it was to protect him. Yeah, again, Jaehaerys just didn't see much action for a long time. This probably didn't change during his reign, which was known to be also very peaceful and long, generally speaking. Plus, by then, he had Blackfire, which he may have preferred, not because he liked fighting with it, because, again, he was a smaller guy, but because it was only for show anyway. It was all just a symbol.
1: Yeah, so in other words, it's entirely possible that Jaehaerys never killed anyone with Dark Sister. Speaking as a swords advocate... This was a shameful, peace-nick king. <laughs>
0: That's right. Fire, but no blood. But
1: there's a possibility left still from the princess and the queen.
0: The twins Jeharis and Jehara were six years old, their brother Melor only two. His grace gave the babe a pearl ring off his finger to play with, and told the twins the story of how their great-great-grandsire and namesake Jeheris the old king had flown his dragon north to the wall to defeat a vast host of wildlings, giants, and wargs.
1: Now, this, of course, probably didn't happen like that. Yes, it's probably <laughs> a massively exaggerated story drawn from King Jorah's time in the North and at the Wall. We've all heard that story. It's when Queen's Crown was built from Queen Alessand's jewels.
0: Right. But if he did go beyond the Wall, it would mean the Dark Sister may have as well. And as we'll see later, there's a good chance that, that happens again.
1: He's still a shameful peacenik, though. <laughs>
0: That's right. No worries, though. We are about to get to a wielder who really makes up for this sad lack of killing
1: (laughs) right queen al had a whole mess of children with Jaehaerys and grandchildren on top of that and now it's one of those grandchildren that we've got a lot Mm -hmm. on but there is another noteworthy candidate that comes before him
0: yes lesser known but important still as a historical figure a familiar Mm -hmm. name though not the one that's most famous for having this name (laughs) their son prince Amon was the heir to the Iron Throne for quite a long time, possibly 40 years, but he died in AC 92 while fighting Mirish pirates on Tarth. It's pretty likely he went into campaign wielding either Blackfire or Dark Sister. Heck, you're going to send a Targaryen prince into battle. Give him the best sword you have, or one of them anyway. It would be fitting for it to be Dark Sister too, since the next Prince Aemon will also weird Dark Sister. Now, pirates cut down by Dark Sister is going to happen again soon too, so that's cool. Dark Sister likes to kill pirates. (laughs) But Amon's younger brother Balon is also a possibility, probably a better possibility. He was called Balon the Brave. So there we go. sounds like a fighter that's covered. And as Amon's younger brother, he's outside the main line and that also fits the other earlier pattern that we've established. Mm.
1: So the theory that we prefer is this. Amon, as heir to Jaehaerys the old king, had Blackfire. Balon had Dark Sister. When Amon died in 92, he had no sons and Blackfire passed to the new heir. Baelon the Brave, and then Dark Sisters sat around for five years or so, which freed up Jaehaerys to give it to, drumroll here if we (laughs) had sound (laughs) effects, the rogue prince, our next wielder, Prince Daemon Targaryen.
0: Over the centuries, House Targaryen has produced both great men and monsters. Prince Daemon was both.
1: Now, this great man slash monster bit is not Damon's only extreme dichotomy.
0: Yeah, he was brilliant in war, but a moron in politics. That mm-hmm. sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? We got mm-hmm. a lot of characters like that in A Song of Ice and Fire. The whole idea of when a Targaryen is born, the gods slip a coin, and one side is madness, one side is genius. The coin in Damon's case, it landed on its side. <laughs> Perfect match of both genius and madness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's another story. The pertinent thing here is that Prince Damon was like a quicker, a smaller version of Magor when it came to hand to hand fighting. He was enough of a warrior prodigy that the old king, his granddad, gave him Dark Sister in 97 AC when he was only 16.
0: That's right, it was it seems he received the blade on the occasion of his knighthood, just as his namesake and great grandson Damon Blackfire received his famous sword and knighthood concurrently. The pattern fits again. Great Warrior behind his elder brother. So Viserys, later Viserys I, which is Daemon's y- uh, older brother, and both of them are sons of Baelon the Brave, Viserys being the firstborn son, and Viserys had kids of his own, eventually several mm-hmm. sons, as we know, that turned into the Dance of the Dragons.
1: Mm-hmm. So now, uh, again, taking things from the sword's perspective, it probably had a grand old time with Damon. We don't see much evidence of action in his teen years, but it probably got going for him really soon after. It yeah. definitely did. In 103, we're told that he lost to the elite Sir Criston Cole, the future Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. This was in the melee celebrating his brother's ascension to the throne. Now, it's said that Dark Sister was knocked from his hands by Ser Criston's Morningstar.
0: It's easy to miss that implication. It's like, okay... These guys fought uh-huh. in a duel, whatever you know. But in a melee, you're not supposed to fight with real weapons. And if mm-hmm. Damon was actually fighting with Dark Sister in a melee, that is, whoa! <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what to say about that. It could be a mistake, but it might mean they just decided to get really serious. They're like, no holds barred, man. Like like well, Joffrey and Rob. Picture them in Game of Thrones when they're practicing in the yard really early, and and they both want to fight with live steel. And Sir Roderick's like, no, 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 not happening, children. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Dark Sister was disappointed either way, though. Yeah. Furthermore, when Damon was made Master of Coin and (laughs) then Master of Laws.
0: Perhaps the blade got to dispense some justice, though. Damon may have appreciated the Northern ideal of swinging your own sword after passing sentence. Dark Sister surely would have approved of that. Hmm. Now, this notion is backed up by how Prince Damon performed in his next office. They really moved him around a lot, which was the City Watch. Mm -hmm. Under his commanding, (laughs) commandership, whatever you call it, he transformed them into the gold cloaks.
1: Crime fell sharply under Damon's command. This is likely due to his love of inflicting harsh punishments on thieves and cut purses.
0: He doled out the punishment himself on more than a few occasions, and apparently slew three men in street brawls during his first year as commander. Dark Sister made happy. Very approving of that Mm -hmm. decision.
1: So, she saw action against the scum of King's Landing for a time, but then she got even more starting in 106 AC. After a brief stint in the Vale, Prince Daemon went to Driftmark, seat of House Valerian, where he met with the famous sea snake, Lord of the Tides, and told him,
0: Dark Sister was made for nobler tasks than slaughtering sheep. She has a thirst for blood.
1: With Lord Valerian's help, and eventually King Viserys' is as well, Prince Daemon spent three years becoming King Daemon of the Stepstones and the Narrow Sea.
0: You sp- how many sheep do you suppose he actually slaughtered? <laughs> you think <laughs> he was that bored in the village? He's like, I'm going to kill some sheep. Probably not. Ugh. But Daemon... In the Stepstones, he conquered all but two of the islands. Uh, Effective as a warrior, as we said, very effective. And surely he slew many men from many nations, as is one of those who live upon the Stepstones. There's a mixed, Mm -hmm. it's a very mixed group of people that live there.
1: Yeah, One in particular that Dark Sister took down two years into the campaign was an admiral prince of Mir turned pirate lord.
0: In 108 AC, when at last he came face to face with Cragas Crabfeeder, he slew him single-handed and cut off his head with Dark Sister.
1: A prince, an admiral, and a crab, all wrapped up in a Mirish package. I think it sounds a little like an intro to a joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, prince, an admiral, and a crab all walk into a Mirish bar,
1: <laughs> get their
0: head cut off by Dark Sister. Yes. A rare and exotic dish for Dark Sister, either way. Now, Damon is going to fight in the Stepstones on and off for years, and surely more nameless victims are falling to our subject's sword throughout this time. An endless thirst for blood from both for Damon and Dark Sister. <laughs> Damon's wife, back in the vale had died during this time and he aimed to remarry this time he had his sights set on the daughter of his recent ally lord valarian and this this would be lena rider of none other than vagar
1: there was a small problem however <laughs> lena was already betrothed to the sea lord of Braavos, his son
0: but this guy was a total waste a drunk he squandered away his power and wealth, just an embarrassment, really, and his powerful father was dead, so there wasn't anyone around, you know, no new daddy to stick up for him anymore. Now, Lord Corlys had put off the wedding multiple times, because he really didn't want his daughter to marry this guy, but he didn't really have a good solution to get out of it.
1: Yeah. Damon solved both of their problems, then. He mercilessly taunted the youth, until he was goaded into challenging Damon to a duel. Easy.
0: Yeah, simple as that. <laughs> Dark Sister probably had her first ever son of a sea lord soon after, and... Damon married Lena, also soon after. His years with her were peaceful and involved much travel abroad. Perhaps Dark Sister slew people from new and exciting ethnic groups throughout Essos. But Lena did not live a long life, dying in 120 AC.
1: Prince Daemon married Princess Rhaenyra the same year, and then things got bloody again.
0: Yeah, Of course they did. It's it's Mm Daemon we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) At one point, Sir Vaemond Velaryon put forth a claim to be the Sea Snake's heir over Daemon's new wife's child with Laenor Velaryon, on the grounds that Laenor was not the true father. Laenor, of course, is Laena's twin brother. Sir Vaemond was almost certainly correct. Yeah, Lucerys Velaryon and his brothers were probably bastards,
1: but... The princess was not slow in answering this charge. She dispatched Prince Damon to seize Servaimond, had his head removed, and fed his carcass to her dragon.
0: The head removal was probably Dark Sister's job. She's good at that, as we saw, she just did it with craggass crab feeder, right? Mm. A member of House Valarian is now added to the tally of famous kills for Dark Sister. Yeah. Mm.
1: Then a few years later, the Dance of the Dragons broke out, and Damon became became King Consort to the Iron Throne and Queen Rhaenyra. There was plenty of killing to be done, but one killing no doubt stands above all the rest. You all know the one I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) That's right. Before this killing occurred, though... Daemon Targaryen spent some time at Harrenhal waiting for the showdown. He used Dark Sister's slash marks in the heart tree there to mark the passage of days. It is said these slashes have never healed. This is 160 years ago-ish. Mm-hmm. It is not hard to conclude that Dark Sister is the reason. A blade forged and dragon fire cutting into the old gods themselves. I guess score one for the Valyrian blades since it didn't heal, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I, was, I kind of wonder if it... They just don't heal that well, period. Where yeah. The trees, they have car- faces carved into them that haven't healed. That's true. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, on the last day, there was probably no mark made, anyways, as Prince Aemond arrived on Vagar, the dragon that once belonged to Damon's second wife.
0: That's right. What goes around comes around, <laughs> even dragons. <laughs> now, the two bantered a bit to build things up, you know, get it all going, you know, fire things up. Damon pointed out that the name Amon is better with a D in front, and Amond. Took the reverse position. (laughs) Dark Sister agreed with Damon. It's not Arc Sister D, after all. Ooh, I'm really reaching, aren't I? (laughs) Sorry, folks. (laughs) I
1: just can't even take it. Uh, Now, their banter surely got the crowd of one or maybe some servants and two dragons fired up. Get fire dragons fired up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soon, the (laughs) two were on dragon back, making their ascent towards the clouds. And then it quickly went to hell. A watery hell.
0: Yeah, the two dragons basically killed each other in midair with tooth and claw, but to make mutual death certain, you know, they locked onto each other, fell from the sky, hitting the water at extremely high velocity. This also killed Damon, presumably, but Amund, who was probably already dead, well, certainly already dead, yeah. because I don't see how you survive a sword going through your eye and out the back of your throat,
1: yeah, which this, is
0: where Dark Sister wound up.
1: Yeah, and now this actually may have been crucial to Dark Sister continuing her career as Aemon's body was only recovered in part because it was still chained to the saddle that, in turn, was chained to Vagar's corpse. So instead of being lost forever in the God's Eye, Dark Sister was recovered from Aemon's eye-hole.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, eye-hole in the God's Eye. <laughs> now, the sword probably had a lot to think about while stuck down there in the lake inside a skull, for example. I mean her previous wielder jumping from Mm -hmm. one dragon to the other in midair, killing somebody like... She probably doesn't have a more epic kill under her Uh belt, really. Having spent just 33 years with Damon, the rogue prince, there would be many happy memories for her. But still, she's probably pretty bored down there in the water. Not much to do. Mm -hmm. It's not clear when the recovery occurred for her, though it was said to be a matter of years, so she was down there a little while.
1: Now, regardless, the next known wielder of Dark Sister wasn't even born until five years after the war, so there was definitely plenty of time to find her, and she would definitely be bored for a while until our next subject came of age. Yeah. And, you know, really, the lake may have been better than sitting, well, (laughs) wherever in the Red Keep or Dragonstone that they would... Store her until the rise of her next badass Targaryen. I mean, you got to think that a skull is a pretty great like
0: (laughs) holder for dark
1: sister more than like a pillow.
0: (laughs) Better than a scabbard, you know. Like she probably was like, couldn't tolerate normal scabbards from (laughs) now. She's like, dude, I sat inside a skull for years. You just can't go back to scabbards after that. (laughs) Now, it's possible Viserys II had Dark Sister in the interim before our next major wielder. He was handed the king, after all, and close with his brother, the actual king. That's Aegon III. As important as Viserys was to his brother's administration, it's tempting to think Aegon was generous to his brother. Aegon also felt guilty about escaping capture during the Dance of the Dragons, fleeing on Dragonback while Viserys, dragonless, was taken to the Free Cities and held hostage for many years.
1: Yeah. So now add to this the nastiness of Aegon's court in the aftermath of the dance, what with, you know, so many different regions fighting for power and everything. Now that's too big of a topic to dive into here, but let's just say that carrying a sword around was probably more prudent than usual. So Dark Sister may have spent time with Viserys before being given to our next subject, his own son. Mm. So that far... that. (laughs) Part? <laughs> that part so that part fits quite well too
0: <laughs> but a few more thoughts on her time with Damon, as there are some unique things about this this uh stretch here his is the only unquestioned unbroken ownership of Dark Sister all the other owners were we talked about or will talk about later have, may have either lost her for a while or maybe like such as our next owner or maybe lent her like Visenya may have done with Megor. that's not entirely clear
1: Mm-hmm. So, with Bloodraven, we know neither the start nor the end date of his time with her, so the clarity that we have with Damon is nice. We know it's from 97 AC to 130 AC. Yeah. But next up is someone whose skill probably exceeds Damon's, but whose personality is in the range of polar opposite. The Dragon Knight. Of all the owners of Dark Sister, he may not be the most important or the most popular, but he's definitely the most well-known by the characters in the story itself. Sansa and Bran in particular both think of him, one for his chivalry, the other for his skill at arms, and both for his courage.
0: Then there's Jon Snow, who learns that Maester Aemon is named for the Dragon Knight. We talk about him quite a bit in our episode on Aegon IV, the Unworthy, who was his elder brother. And we may do an episode on him in the future specifically. He is, after all, a major historical figure and a hero to many of our favorite characters besides. He's just awesome. It's a great mm-hmm. subject. Several life courses were charted very close to one another for Aemon and his siblings. His elder brother Aegon married their sister Naris. They were far from the line of succession, both of them. But their father was handed the king, so there was property to inherit, even if not the Iron Throne itself. Of course, that is exactly what happened eventually. they all, Despite all the people in front of them, Aegon did become king. At the time, it looked like a long shot, though, mm-hmm. with so many other Targaryens around.
1: Mm-hmm. So, with Aemon being an honorable and martially gifted youth, the King's Guard was probably a neat and pretty obvious path for him. Elder brother gets the girl and the inheritance. Second son joins the King's Guard or the Knight's Watch or what have you. You know the pattern. Receiving Dark Sister, however, this probably happened at the same time and it may have been a lot less obvious. It wasn't exactly given out often.
0: Or maybe it was obvious, if we're looking at this pattern of you know, Targaryens outside the main line who were badasses, well, Aemon is certainly the first and had all the makings of the second, so, and so it was.
1: He proved the greatest jouster and swordsman of his age, a knight worthy to bear Dark Sister. He became known as the Dragon Knight for the three-headed dragon crest wrought in white gold upon his helm.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way of wording it there, right? A knight worthy to bear a dark sister. That goes back to what we were talking about with it maybe being a little bit like Dawn. Not mm-hmm. quite as strict. <laughs> but anyway, thus the Dragon Knight acquired a second sister. His first was his greatest love and a real person, Neres, Queen Nerys. <laughs> She was a gentle and pious soul, and his best friend, a light sister, at his hip to compliment the dark one hanging (laughs) from his other. On (laughs) at least one occasion, he used the dark to defend the light against slander.
1: Yeah, he also apparently fought a famous duel against Lord Cregan Stark, who seems like the type of dude that you really don't want to mess with. But then (laughs) neither is the Dragon Knight. Now, this has long been a question in the fandom. When did this duel happen? The timeline is pretty hard to figure, and it could easily have just been a friendly duel, which would mean no Dark Sister. We don't even know who won the duel.
0: Yeah, but either way, from Dark Sister's point of view, things look pretty great. <laughs> she was in the hands of someone extremely capable. There was a nagging problem of Aemon being a noble guy, which doesn't usually equate to a lot of killing, but fear not, mm-hmm. Dark Sister. Any restraint Aemon the Dragon Knight may have exercised early in life would be made moot thanks to his warlike cousin, the King, the Young Dragon. Prince Aemon was part of the conquest of Dorne, and surely slew Dornishmen in large numbers. In fact, this may have been a high point for our subject (laughs) sort.
1: Yeah, Prince Daemon and Visenya both would have given lots of killing opportunities to their dragons. The Dragon Knight, however, was the first wielder of Dark Sister in the post-Dragon era.
0: Yeah, the post-Dragons era.
1: (laughs) No one to do his killing for him, basically. Those two weren't in the Kingsguard either, so Mm. you gotta think he was more on the front lines.
0: Precisely, yeah, I do think that. So here's where we guess that Dark Sister has more Dornish kill tallies than any other group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> she likes Dornishmen. She's acquired a taste for them. You got to mm-hmm. give her one a week or she gets mm-hmm. angry. Now maybe some ancient Targaryen fought in the front lines against the Rhoynar with mm-hmm. Dark Sister, or some ancient Valyrian before the Targaryens. <laughs> if so, she'd be thinking, hmm, these Dornish taste familiar. There's mm-hmm. something about this. Some ingredient here that's that tastes like something I've had before. Now, one day, perhaps we'll have details on the battles during the Conquest of Dorne, but for now, we have no specifics on Aemon's kills, really. Surely, m- many wanted the glory of being the one to kill the famous Dragon Knight. That would be mm. something you'd get remembered for. It would be a morale boost to the Dornish cause. On top of that... And some few may have been particularly interested in claiming Dark Sister for themselves as a prize.
1: And indeed, that may have been exactly what happened. Mm. In 161 AC, we saw the infamous truce-breaking incident by the Dornish that saw King Daron and several Kingsguard slain under a peace banner while the Dragon Knight was taken captive.
0: Now, since House Will were the ones to later hang on, hang him rather above a pit of vipers, We're guessing a will or two were responsible for taking him out of the fight. The Dragon Knight is said to have slain two of the betrayers before being taken captive. And these may have been wills, or at least will men, cut down by Dark Sister.
1: Having Prince Aemon in their hands meant that they almost certainly took possession of Dark Sister as well. When said incident with the cage and the vipers occurred, Aemon was supposedly left naked. Which means swordless. Well, one of his swordless, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, they don't. The, yeah. Uh, it's the it's the unsullied that removes mm. that sword, not the king's guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, unless you're Sir Lucamore the lusty, yeah. <laughs> and you get gelded and sent to the wall. <laughs> anyway, the Wills probably didn't run up to Aemon and <laughs> hand it to him after he got away. They weren't like, "Hey, bro, good job yeah. surviving and getting away from the cage and the snakes. Here's your sword back." You no, know, they probably held on to it. In fact, what happened was the reason he was hung over the pit of vipers in the first place was that Prince Maron Martel ordered them to let him go. And this was their way of letting him go. This yeah. was their idea of releasing him. Yeah. Hanging him above a snake and saying, hey, we didn't kill him. We didn't, yeah. uh, we're not those vipers. So one can see why they might not just give up the sword so readily either just because they're told to.
1: Yes, but somehow, Dark Sister did return to House Targaryen, so we're going to throw out some theories on how and why and when. Yeah. So the first major possibility is the marriage of Prince, later King, Daron to Mariah Martell about eight years later. This was a major step towards peace and unity, and it may have included the return of Dark Sister in the Bargain.
0: But these are the wills again. Remember, this is, this is no ordinary house. This is a house known for cruelty and stubbornness and being warlike. They had plenty of hatred for the Targaryens, too. There's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. The, the Vulture King, all that. There was some nastiness. This is, this is the same house that... Chopped off Ori's Baratheon's hand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not not a good relationship there. So this could have been not enough for them.
1: Yeah. We do know that Dark Sister was eventually returned one way or another, but for context, Daron died wearing the crown of Aegon the Conqueror, and that was never returned.
0: Yeah, so somewhere in Doran, I guess, the crown of Aegon the Conqueror some still of some exists.
1: Dudes just- yeah. <laughs> Walking around with his fancy crown. I'm
0: Aegon, I'm Aegon, I'm the conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> the unification of Dorne and the Iron Throne was finalized about 19 years after Daron's marriage to Mariah. Again, there's just too many damn Daron's. <laughs> <laughs> when King Daron's much younger sister married Prince Maron Martel, there was much rejoicing. Yay! <laughs> but probably not a castle will. They're like, no, we don't like marchers, we don't like peace. We especially don't like peace with marchers. But still, perhaps this was finally sufficient enough to pry Dark Sister back from the wills if other the pressures had failed prior to this.
1: However, they are vassals to the Ironwoods, who are the chief rivals to House Martell and Dorne. So it's not really hard to see them encouraging them to keep the sword.
0: Yeah, some sort of a, you know, just thumbing their nose at the Martells and their, their power. But the third major possibility is the end of the first Blackfire Rebellion. The Ironwoods and thus very likely the Wills fought for Damon Blackfire.
1: In other words, the losing side. Hmm. If they hadn't returned the sword by then, it's really hard to imagine them being able to keep it after bending the knee after being forgiven for, for treason.
0: Yeah, the timing is pretty relevant too because our next subject is Bloodraven and we aren't sure when he acquired Dark Sister either. If he got it prior to the Redgrass Field, then clearly the Wills returned it before the end of the Blackfire Rebellion.
1: Yeah, now there's always the possibility that the throne paid a hefty ransom for her return. We definitely don't need to assume that it had anything to do with the weddings or the rebellion. This might just be the simplest answer.
0: Yeah, those are just good possibilities, but yeah, they could have just straight up just paid for it. And, uh, yeah. The wills, as much as they hate the Targaryens, would probably be happy to accept a buttload of cash for it.
1: Yeah, or maybe whoever took the crown wasn't willing <laughs> it's never
0: like a, Why do we need anything? your money? Yeah, we've or... got your crown. Well,
1: like, we don't <laughs> need to spend money on this crown.
0: We're yeah, old. if it weren't for the fact that we knew Dark Sister, uh, yeah. you know, pops up later in a new you know with blood raven we might think that the wills just never gave it up yeah. but we're also not done with the dragon knight just yet he died around 178 179 somewhere around there which is prior to the wedding of daenerys and Maron, and well before the Fire rebellion though he had a lot of reason to hate his brother he was as honorable as they come and put his duty first way first when the brothers toyn tried to assassinate king Aegon the fourth in revenge for executing their brother who was a Kingsguard Knight who had slept with one of the king's mistresses. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, so he was put to death.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, given this uncertainty with the wiles and when Dark Sister was returned, we can't really be sure that the Dragon Knight had it in his hands when he died saving his brother, the king.
0: Yeah, it sounds a lot cooler if he did, though.
1: Yeah, it does. It's he true. He
0: dies saving his brother, you know, using the, the badass sword and everything, you know, dying mm-hmm. with his love. You know, maybe thinking of Nereus as he's dying. It was his lease. As he's dying, he says... Nerys, just like Liana or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you love Aemon and Nerys together. <laughs> you love those brother sisters. They didn't I don't think they
0: slept together. They're just really tight.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, really tight. Nerys. <laughs> But, okay. Um, So now we didn't save him for last, but it worked out that way, just timeline wise. A man who needs no introduction, but somehow has one, anyways. Uh, One of the most popular characters in all of A Song of Ice and Fire, and one of the few who is a big part of the story going forward, as well as a major part of its past. Blood Raven.
0: Six years ago, in King's Landing, Dunk had seen him with his own two eyes as he rode a pale horse up the street of steel with fifty raven's teeth behind him. That was before King Aerys had ascended to the Iron Throne and made him the Hand. But even so, he cut a striking figure, garbed in smoke and scarlet, with Dark Sister on his hip.
1: Now, this is as best as we can tell, the only time that we actually see Dark Sister and in the books through a character's point of view. And even this is a memory. It also happens to be, as we pointed out at the start of the episode, the first time that we see it.
0: Yeah, obviously none of the characters in A Song of Ice and Fire have seen it. Mm -hmm. The rogue prince and the princess and the queen and the world of ice and fire have mentions of it. But those are maesterly recaps of in-world history, not stories where we see the action through a POV or narrator. Of course, to be clear, Bloodraven, who technically is in A Song of Ice and Fire, has seen it. But we, of course, have not seen, through his point of view, it or seen it on screen.
1: Though... If we're being fair about the rogue prince and princess of the queen thing, <laughs> the description of a- Damon versus Aemond was nowhere near dry. Yeah,
0: just because it's maesterly doesn't mean it's boring. Yeah. Oh. Well, also
1: it was in the water.
0: Yes. Another pun we just try to sneak in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be sneaky with it. I don't want to like <laughs> sham a town your... It's just like
0: down your strange. eye hole yeah slam it in your eye hole that's
1: what i want to do slam those puns in <laughs>
0: the anyway. puns belong in eye holes
1: <laughs> anyway in the quote dunk says six years ago which means 204 to 205 ac since the sworn sword t- takes place in 210 to 211 so even though blood raven appears in the mystery Night, dark sister does not
0: yeah, if we look at the timeline, it gets interesting, as it often does. New things are revealed when you take a close look sometimes. In this case, no exception. If Bloodraven received Dark Sister prior to Daemon's Rebellion, it's very telling. It's more than just giving a sword to him. It's one thing to give away a rare and semi-unique ancestral blade to a lesser branch of the family, like the pattern we established. It's entirely another thing to do that when it's the only sword left. All the other times, there was Blackfire around. But in this case, Blackfire was out of the Targaryen family by then. It was already Daemon's. So in the past giving away, Dark Sister was giving away the secondary Targaryen ancestral sword. Once King Aegon the Unworthy gave it to Daemon, though, Dark Sister became the only Targaryen Balyrian steel blade remaining. So it's it goes from giving away the secondary blade to giving away the only blade. And mm. in this case, it's going to Bloodraven, not an actual Targaryen. Yeah, eh, I mean, he was legitimized, mm-hmm. but still not as a Targaryen, just not a bastard anymore. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's no dragons anymore either, first and foremost, so this, this is a start of, of showing how few symbols remained of the ancient Targaryen regime. No dragons, no blackfire, no crown of Aegon the Conqueror, and now no Dark Sister too? Hmm.
1: Yeah, so we should definitely consider the possibility that Dark Sister was a reward for his loyalty and for killing Daemon and his sons at Redgrass Field. But still, let's take a look at the possibility that Bloodraven did have Dark Sister before the Blackfyre Rebellions, because it does set up a lot of great things.
0: Yeah, we're told the II did what he could to keep the Great Bastards close, keep them as allies, and he was close with Brynden. So it seems that certainly worked. Kept him close. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't work with uh, Bittersteel or Daemon. <laughs> this scenario also creates more conflict for Bittersteel. Both his half-brothers getting cool swords, while mm-hmm. he gets... Pissed.
1: <laughs>
0: also, it means Dark Sister versus Blackfire, Battle of the Targaryen Valyrian steel swords. He's that would... better
1: about their steel.
0: <laughs> oh, oh man! Perfect, perfect. Now, so hopefully that did happen. Hopefully Blackfire did and Dark Sister did. You know, fight yeah. <laughs> in the hands of their owners. There, mm-hmm. that's too cool to not have happened, I, I guess. But it wasn't mentioned, and it seems like it would have been yeah, if it was. You know, it's such a cool thing to, yeah. You
1: know, The Rebellion would also be the first major time that he used her, one would think in that case, though less than he could have. He didn't have a dragon, but he did have a werewood bow, And it was his preferred weapon. Okay,
0: so if I'm Dark Sister, I would have hated that sissy white wood (laughs) thing that launched arrows. Like, come on, that's cowardly, right? (laughs) Jeez. As well as Brendan Rivers' eventual high position as Hand of the King in 209. She wouldn't have liked that either, because Hand of the Kings don't do a lot of fighting unless there's war.
1: But he did get some of that. Mm. There was the third Blackfyre Rebellion, for example the one infamously underdescribed in the World of, of Ice and Martin is clearly saving those details for later. Duncan Egg, most likely.
0: It is known.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one detail that we get is that Bloodraven and Bittersteel fought another duel, though Dark Sister was left wanting.
0: Again, perhaps? <laughs> Maybe she got in a cut or two, but Bittersteel was taken captive, not slain, which almost makes me think that it wasn't Bloodraven who captured him, that they fought... Something separated them, and he was captured later. Because I would think <laughs> that if Bloodraven took him down, he's not getting back up. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. just, it's like, oh, yeah I, yeah, I killed him in fair fight. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's all uh, another story.
0: Yeah. Good chance Dark Sister took a few more lives in the Rebellion. Unless that sissy bow hogged all the kills, mm-hmm. all the action again. Mm-hmm. So maybe some exiles were killed. Maybe a few people from Essos attached to the Gold Company. A few mm-hmm. new rebels from Westeros on the menu as Ooh. well, one would think.
1: Yeah. So then there was the Peak Uprising, which saw King Makar himself die at Starpike. With the king going into the field, there's a pretty good chance that the Hand did as well. Yeah. So Dark Sister may have taken down a few Reachmen from the Dornish Marches.
0: Soon after, though, Bloodraven apparently went too far. His execution of Aenys Blackfire, fifth son of Daemon, was done under a promise of safe conduct. Now, for his punishment, he was going to be executed, but he took the Black and this is dark sister's huge fork in the road valerian steel fork
1: oh sister where art thou did bloodraven take dark sister with him
0: it's a very tough question the night's watch could say she's not allowed because she's a girl her coloring
1: <laughs> fits nicely though
0: it's true <laughs> a nice black sword Did you have the the most fitting looking sword mm-hmm. in all the night's watch okay now here's where we dispel a uh, what's probably a common misconception some might think he could not have brought her along because you aren't supposed to bring your own gear but that's not true you can bring your own gear it just has to look right waymar royce had his own sword he had his own ringmail armor he had his own cloak thick sable uh, will was thinking about how much nicer his cloak was john had his own things too now sam might be what you're thinking of sam had to get rid of his gear but that's because it had tarley badges on it it wasn't black he he probably kept his own sword because it's just a sword and Gior Mormon didn't bring Longclaw to him to the wall with him to the wall because he wanted to leave it for Jorah, not because he couldn't bring it to the wall. And obviously John is allowed to own it now, and John has ghosts. I mean, he's <laughs> a pet at the <laughs> wall, you know. So uh, that that's really not an accurate notion.
1: Yeah, so another point in the favor of him bringing it with him is that Aegon V also knew that Bloodraven didn't execute Aenys for personal gain. He did it for the realm.
0: Yeah, it may have been misguided, but he, he, he had the realm's interest at in heart, or at least you can make that argument. So Egg felt he had to punish Bloodraven for his actions to restore the Iron Throne's honor. It wasn't that he really wanted to or was like, you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have to be punished. But I doubt he'd rub it in by yeah. demanding the sword as well. Yeah, he
1: didn't. Banish him out of anger or something. He didn't. He, he was had to punish him in some way, but he didn't have to punish him. And plus, Lord Brandon was fifty-eight or so, and when he died, the sword would most likely be returned from the wall. That's what he'd think. Yeah. And so the other problem, though, with Blood Raven not taking him with it with him, is that it creates a bit of a tough new question for us. Where is it?
0: Yeah. If it didn't go to the wall, that means Dark Sister stayed at the Red Keep with the Targaryens, which means why haven't we seen it? What happened? Now I could see Egg's third son, a warrior by all accounts named <laughs> Daron Again, <Yeah. laughs> he was slain by the rebel army of the Rat, the Hawk, and the Pig.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever they are. Yeah, those animals. It
0: is really the animal-faced rebels were defeated, though, <laughs> and the sword thus would not have been lost, given that the enemies were defeated. Mm-hmm. Rhaegar didn't have it. That would be a great place for it to turn up. And nor mm-hmm. did Ares appear to have it. Nor did Aerys's father, Jaehaerys II, seem to have it. So if the sword is somehow gone for good, it might have been lost at Summerhall. A small amount of dragonfire doesn't melt Valyrian steel, we know that. We don't know what a large amount would do, but huh. it might not do anything either. We see Blackfire darken when burned by Valyrian, but that's all. It's not like it started to like get weak or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but wildfire is a different sort of thing. Not as hot, but it is corrosive. Mm. It can easily take out regular steel. Valyrian steel, though, we don't know. There's no way to know. I would lean towards Wildfire not having an effect, so I vote that Dark Sister lives on. How about you, Aziz?
0: I think the same thing. I think if Wildfire was to get on Dark Sister, the hilt would be destroyed, but the actual blade would be fine, I think. Mm. That's my best guess. I think it's the sorcery, whatever is used to make it, makes it stronger Mm. than Wildfire. Not super confident in that, but that's where I lean. Hmm. You guys, give us your opinions as well. Feel free to let us know. Hmm. In any case, though, there's zero hint Dark Sister was owned by anyone after Bloodraven. No clues for that at all. So unless new info comes along, we should be considering where she might be now. And Lord Brynden himself was lost on a ranging north of the Wall, so we'll start there.
1: Yeah, we of course know that he was not truly lost, and on arranging, he's going to bring his good sword. (laughs) Like, you gotta. Yeah. So the cave is a strong possibility. Probably it's our best available guess, my guess.
0: Yeah, as far as trying to narrow it down, that does seem like if if I'm handicapping it, I'd put the best odds on that one. Mm -hmm. Now, uncertainty over Dark Sister's location and fate allows us to consider the possibility that the sword will appear in A Song of Ice and Fire. That's one of the best parts of this. Jar Jar Martin may not have decided himself, even, if he wants Dark Sister to pop up. He has given himself the option, though. Either way. So let's consider how the sword might look in a variety of different hands. This will give us a sense of whether or not it makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So, despite Arya sounding like a good fit, as we even mentioned in the intro to this episode, she already has Needle, which already has so much narrative significance. Yeah,
0: and Jon is in a similar spot. He already has Longclaw and possibly (laughs) other options. Mm-hmm. Bran isn't going to fight anyone hand-to-hand unless he, you know, does it through Hodor. Which might be pretty amazing, actually, but uh, it might be it also...
1: Yeah, sounds kind of far-fetched. Exactly, and Is yeah, he exactly. going to leave the cave, even?
0: Yeah, he mm-hmm. might not, uh, which means Hodor won't either, maybe, which huh. is kind of sad. Uh-huh. But Mira, Mira, perhaps, she could... That would also be pretty cool, and Bran is one thing. He may never leave the cave, but she... Probably won't spend the rest of her life in there, right? Maybe she gets out at the end or when things calm down. I don't know. But if not, maybe she gets out there and does some fighting?
1: Yeah, she's a sister, but there isn't (laughs) much dark about her except for her hair. But maybe she'll cut down some of the others. I could see it. I could, too. Talk about some of those options real quick before we move on. Is that, okay, let's say others attacking, Mira you know, has to go out and defend them. What? A, what's Bloodraven going to get her? Oh, here's a Valyrian steel sword. Yeah. It doesn't have to have any significance. He might not even say that it's Dark Sister. He might just be like, I have a sword here, you can use it. Yeah. And another option would be, I know we talked about Arya maybe not being as good a fit as she seems, but if they're fighting the last stand and they need every blade they can get, Needle just isn't that much help to her. But I could see her being given a sword by Jon or someone, a Valyrian steel sword. It's its possible.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to see how that could come to pass, but a lot can happen between now and the sword coming out. So we, we shouldn't restrict ourselves acting like we know what's going to happen and we know all the circumstances that, that the creative mind of George is going to come up with. <laughs> so we have to consider the possibility. It's definitely still out there. And I'm not oh. sure there's many other logical possibilities after Mira, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the way we've analyzed it, Dark Sister seems to either have gone north or been destroyed.
1: And if it somehow is in the south, well, we just have no leads at all. Yeah. So we'll just have to be surprised if that's how it goes down. Shows up in Old Time, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, How'd it get there? How'd it get
0: there? What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if it went north, then that just really cuts down the choices. We mentioned Arya, but it's just really hard to see, again... That that would happen. I, I guess I like the idea, but I, I don't think we're super fond of it. So, yeah. will Dark Sister show up? What will her, her significance be? We don't know.
0: Maybe something will happen that makes it make more sense in between now and then. Yeah. But
1: at least Dark Sister has for. Her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She could certainly wield it, <laughs> nice and light. And <laughs> yeah, she's she's getting stronger. Cheer. Like like Sirio said, you train with a heavier sword, you get used to it. And Dark, Dark Sisters might even be lighter than that wooden sword she trained yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> that, that lead core. Uh-huh. No lead in this one. So here's our outro. I had extra fun with this episode, I hope you did too. It was a bit like a style episode I've wanted to do for quite a while. Uh, I've talked about it a bit in the past, a POV style episode where we take a character who's not a POV character and kind of chart out their whole life, even the parts that come before the books, and kind of talk about how things would have seemed to them. Well, this is kind of like that, except it's from a sword's point of view, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, that's different, and you get to see funny things that way, but it's also a longer period of time. You know, people don't live 300 years long.
1: Uh, I, I couldn't help but think of, if any of you have ever read uh, Brandon Sanderson, he has uh, the Stormlight Archive and Warbreaker. There's a sword that appears in both of those series called Nightblood, and it has a consciousness. It communicates to whoever's wielding it, and it like tells them to kill people.
0: Nah, so, we're I was talking. definitely thinking of that a bit when I was giving personality to the sword in the script. You're
1: definitely <laughs> thinking of it, and I like to think that they get together if they met. Dark Sister and Nightblood. They'd have little little babies. Little
0: baby black swords. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yep,
1: yeah.
0: So thanks again to the Patreon voters who chose this topic. Again, it was really fun. And it was a really close vote, like I said. Lomas Longstrider lost on a tiebreaker. Blackfish was a single vote behind them both. So if you're wondering how much a single vote could possibly matter in this voting process well in this case a single vote a vote could have entirely changed things back when we did summerhall well frankly summerhall just crushed the vote there wasn't anything close but this time it was close so
1: mm-hmm.
0: let let it be known that votes your votes do matter <laughs>
1: <laughs> so to join in on the jo- on the voting process head over to patreon.com/historyofwesteros or just head to historyofwesteros.com Itself, where there is a very prominent link in the sidebar. Sidebar. That's probably the easiest way to get there. Yeah. Um. So now here comes the credits. Uh, if you're watching on the video, it's gonna come over my head. <laughs> it's worth it to check it out. If you're listening on audio, check out our videos because we got some cool new visual aids.
0: Yeah. And here comes our thanks. But stay tuned afterwards. We've got a few more details and some, uh, some stats. And a <laughs> few other fun tidbits for after the credits that we've seen. We're calling it post-credits fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a name that will probably stick. Maybe not. <laughs> anyway, thanks to Rainy Stargaryen, Queen of Timelines, helped us out again a lot with some additional thoughts and making sure our dates were, were correct. Thanks to First Lord Cash Craig, the Black Pupil, and Hand of the King. Welcome, King Beyond the Wall, Rory the Rogue, Archer extraordinaire to the ranks. Mm-hmm. His rise to power includes the subjugation of two dangerous tribes, The strange Ice River clans and the Hornfoot men, who wear nothing on their feet despite the extreme cold. How the hell does that work? Hmm. Thanks also to Lord Jim the Fortuitous of Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire blog and Warden of the West. Lord George Stormsville the Cunning is Lord of the Chiliad and Warden of the East. Lord John Reed of the Castle Woodbridge, the Lord Borealis is the Light of the North and Warden of the North. We're currently without a Warden of the South. Our small council is Lord James Inkblade, the Scholar Knight and Master of Whisperers. Grand Master Itai wears the jeweled collar of many medals. Lord Robert Jacobs is our Master of Coin. Rosie the Clever is our Master of Laws. I wonder if Rosie likes cutting (laughs) heads off herself. (laughs) Lord James Tuttle is our Master of Ships. Lady Dire of Castle Naki is the Alpha Patron. Lord Dan of the Red Mountains and Castle Great Bell is Breaker of the Second Stone. Lord Skip of the Velt is Lord of Castle Ganges. Cabeth the Unfrozen is Lord of the Bricks and Castle Crimson Light. Lord Damien Sand is the Resilient, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Spear Swan Song. Mary Meg is Lady of the Bloody Stepstones. Gregor the Toasty is Lord of the Breadfort. Alicia Everlasting of the Green Blood is Lady of Desert Rose. Geoffrey the Unflinching is Lord of Sand Lake. Lord Greybay of the Queen City. Lorne Ryan of the Castle Stonegate is guardian of the Rocky Mountain Pass, Lord William the White. Lord Brandon Slate, the North's Hammer, is harbinger of the Old Gods. And Lady Bram, light of Winter's Garden, is beacon of the Northwest. Thanks also to our Kingsguard, Lord Commander Shepard, is the commander. Sir Andrew the Prophet is our longest tenured white sword, Sir Paul Greenhand, Sir Dolorus D, Sir Darren the Red, Knight of the Forms, Elia of New York, and Lady Ola, the Amber Knight. Also, thanks to Lord Commander George the Golden of our History of Westeros Night's Watch and First Ranger Fabian Flowers, the Bastard of Greenshield. And last but not least, King's Justice, Sir Troy the Steady, wielder of the Valyrian steel blade, Fate, who definitely swings the sword and cuts (laughs) heads off. No doubt there. (laughs) So now, some post-credits fun. We did a Twitter poll. We've been trying to, uh, we're doing these occasionally now for fun. And the question was favorite wielder of Dark Sister? We got 337 votes on this.
1: Now, Visenya only got a measly 22%, and that's with both me. And Nina Friel from Wars of Ice and Fi- Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire blog. So, what's up, everyone? Your, your two no votes, votes were not for, enough. <laughs> no, no, no love for Visenya. Still
0: twice as much as Prince Damon, who only yeah. got 11%. Which is weird. And a little bit less than the Dragon Knight, who got 25%. He's maybe a little bit more well-known. I don't know. And Bloodraven, of course, just being as popular and awesome and still alive, <laughs> unlike the others, as he yeah. is, 42%. An easy win for him. Near, Somewhat yeah. near half the vote. Now, let's look at some ownership stats uh Visenya probably got the sword around 18 years of old which would have been around 10 bc prior to the conquest she would have given it up around age 52 maybe gotten it back around 65 and then died when she was 72. so she either had it 35 or 42 years uh, until 25 ac and then again from 37 ac to 44 ac if she reclaimed it after Magor took up Blackfire. Magor himself had it from ages 13 to 25 Uh, which would have been ac 25 to 37 Damon had it from ages 16 to 49 33 years 97 to 130 aemon the dragon knight ages 17 to 44 roughly that's 153 to 179 doesn't count any time it might have spent with the wills though blood raven as we said hardest to figure but if it's in his cave way the longest owner (laughs) he would have gotten it around 18 no older than 22 early 190s or 197 right after the rebellion to all the way till 232 ac if he didn't take it to the wall all the way to now 300 ac if he did Hmm. so potentially he's had it for a long time if not then vicenny the longest term yeah yeah how about that
1: yeah dark sister's most fond
0: (laughs) yeah the one that closely matches her name really or who she is
1: yeah definitely
0: either way even if we missed a few dark sister could not have had a lot of owners as you can see there's not a lot of room on the timeline for other people And these owners were all badasses. Mm -hmm. They don't die easily or lose their sword. Now, if some of our other guesses were right, let's say Aemond, son of Jaehaerys, wielded her, that would have been from around the early 70s to when he died in AC 92. Mm. Similar timeline would be there for Balon the Brave if it was his, just starting a few years later. Even Prince Aemond, whose skull Mm. owned it for a while, got it jammed through his eye when he was only 20. Mm. And now your skull Owns memories of this episode. Dark Sister is in your head, too. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to check out these novellas, if you haven't, you should get them on Amazon. Uh, A quick update there. If you are from the UK or Canada, some of you have mentioned to us that you don't have the ability to shop through our Amazon links on historyofwesteros.com because they're only for US customers. That has now been fixed. We have clearly marked portals to shop at Amazon in the UK or Canada. If, your country, if you want your country added to the list, let us know, and we'll try to make that happen. You can see Dark Sister in The Sworn Sword. There's a lot of mentions of it in The World of Ice and Fire. And, of course, there is some mention of it in The Rogue Prince and The Princess and The Queen. So a lot of good sources there. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for listening. On behalf of myself and Shea, we're History of Westeros, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.